Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Carolina holds. The game is over. And Carolina has won the game. Finley to throw. Over the middle. Intercepted. Wolfuck again. Wolfuck the other way. At the 30. The 40. Wolfuck to midfield. Miles Wolfuck with the pick. The heels on the doorstep of an enormous victory. Left side of the line. Hood standing to Williams is right. Williams going to throw. One-on-one. Davis has it. Touchdown. Carolina wins. Carolina is the Coastal Division champion. Bernard fields it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Gio at the 35. Gio, he's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Gio, he's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth. For the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. It's good! It's good! Carolina has won the game on a 42-yard field goal by freshman Potterburn. Good gosh, dirty. This is the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. What's going on, guys? It's the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Your host, Anthony Pagnata, here with Josh Marlowe. As uh, we uh, so, j- just try to recap one of the most confusing games in the history of Tar Heel football. Soak up all those great moments that you just saw there, folks, because this uh, this podcast is, is not going to be a fun one. Um, we figured that at some point this season that we would have to do a podcast where Carolina lost the game. But I don't think anybody ever thought that it would be after this game. Um, this was probably the easiest game on Carolina's schedule, maybe outside of Campbell. And even that one, you kind of question. Guys, Virginia, terrible team. And they still suck. They're still not good. Um, they may not win another game the rest of the year. They probably won't. And yet Carolina loses not only in, in a game that they were favored by 23 and a half points. They do it again at home for the third straight year. Carolina has suffered a loss at home to a team that uh, was a 17 and a half point underdog or more. Um, this is just. This has become part of it. You could say this is Tar Heel football, but you can also really it's it's more this is Tar Heel football in the second era of Mac Brown. Um, I don't know a loss that kind of defines this era more when you look at when this loss happened, and you look at uh, you know wh- where it you know wh- where Carolina was before this loss took place. This all this feels like this is how it always happens in the Mac Brown era. They always find a way to when they start to build some momentum, when they when you start feeling good about the program, 
all of a sudden they bring you right back down to earth. And I mean, here's the thing. We're six games in. And I mean, we'll look, we'll dive, we'll dive further into this as we get further along in the podcast. But now you sit here and you kind of wonder where exactly are we at in this season? Because you won the first six games, which is great, but then you suffer arguably the worst loss in the history of the program. It, um, I haven't even started and my voice is already, it's already given out because seven hours ago I, I lost my absolute mind. Um, to say that you didn't even see it coming would be an understatement because nothing there were, there were no signs of this. I mean, dude, we said here and we said, we said this on this podcast and I said it and I truly believed it this time that this team was different. Yeah. They were built different because like, like, Look at last all the year stuff. there were signs, you know. Last year there were signs that they were gonna they were gonna do something. That twenty one team, there was a Jekyll and Hyde team. You literally did not know which team you were gonna get week in week out. It didn't matter really where they played, whether they were at home or on the road. That twenty one team, it was a roller coaster um, from the word go. And and so you know, and when you look at the turnaround for Florida State and Mike Norvell. His two wins against Carolina in the COVID year in 20 when they beat a top five Tar Heel team. Of course, COVID played a big part in that because only two, three cons were playing at the time. And then the next year, you could really point to that to why. That Nobody. saved his job. That saved his job. He was going to lose his job. And that's that's where Tony Elliott was at, too. You know, nobody in. saw this coming on Saturday because there had been no signs of it. And I don't want to sit here and say, you know – that I knew we were in for that. But when Virginia got the ball to start to uh, – and they just watched right down the field and scored, like it was nothing. And there was no resistance from Carolina's defense. There was just – I mean, it was easy for an offense that has struggled to score the ball all year long. They walked right down the field on us. We should have known. But the, <clears throat> the problem is – is as bad as Carolina played. Hang on, you got to go because my voice, my voice is—they're <coughs> killing me. They're, they're they're taking my guy out here. I I mean, no, no. What you're what you're saying is is right, and that that was what one of the biggest things we were going to talk about. As bad as Carolina played in this game, they got the ball twice in the fourth quarter with a chance to win the game. And look, man, I'm I'm right there. I'm right there with with everybody. I thought that holding call was pathetic. I thought, I mean, the amount of times that I saw that replay, I did not see a holding at any moment. That that is literally blocking. I mean, the ACC refs, you need to learn. You need to take your head out of your ass and learn what a, what the difference between blocking and holding is. The past two weeks. I, look, I know that Carolina, most of them were deserved against Miami. Past two weeks, the officiating has been terrible. There's there's, there's no way around it. But that's not the reason that Carolina lost the game. They shouldn't have, This shouldn't have even been a game. Yeah, we, no, I mean, look, you're talking about, you, I mean, you blew a 10-point lead. You blew a 10-point lead at home. 
So the second straight year that you lost to a team that was a 21 and a half point favorite or worse, or the, or that that you were a 20 and a, 21 and a half point favorite against or better, you found a way to blow a double digit lead in both of those games at home. With- and Mac Brown, dude. I, I mean, look, I, I'm going to try not to be that mad at him. There were two quotes that really got me, and I'll save the other one for later. But this one, I could not believe that he actually said this. He basically said that, well, the crowd wasn't as good as it was for Miami against Virginia. What do you expect, man? The team's one and the, the team that you're playing's one in five. It was fall break. Like, yeah, of course it's not going to be exactly the same. But you can't use that as an excuse. That's not the reason your team lost this game. Well, and, and look, Come I, on. I, 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 I know where you're coming from because you don't want to be mad at Mac. And look, I, I'm going to say this as the dude that when he got hired, championed the hire, paraded about it. You and I literally argued about the hire. But the reason why this happens is because the mentality, as much as he's changed off the field, I mean, look, our our facilities are as good as they've ever been. The money in the program is as good as it's ever been. Fan engagement is as good as it's ever been. Keenan is filled literally every Saturday. I mean, look, people were complaining about the other night. I don't know about you. I I did not. I mean, I've seen really good Toriel teams where the crowd for a game like that would have been just horrendous, yeah, no matter and, how good the team is. I thought it was good the other night. As much as he's changed off the field, which was important, Carolina's off-field culture needed to be changed. It still doesn't matter if you don't change the on-field mentality. And when you look at the losses this program has suffered in his second stint, that virtually make no sense. In college, I'm going to blame the head coach before I before I blame the players because that's just that's just the way it works. And professional, which you're is, getting which paid is what he wants. He, he you know, said you know, that you know you're getting you're getting a you're getting a paycheck. You're getting paid to play. So if you don't play well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna complain at you first. And you know the biggest thing is that there was never a sense of urgency from him as the head coach. I've got to do something to get my team engaged. And I got to do something to get my coaching staff engaged. And I, I thought maybe when he kept him in the locker room until about two and a half minutes to go, maybe that was going to be it because sometimes you need that. We saw it all the time under when Roy Williams coached Carolina basketball. It was almost like they, they tracked that, especially his last year as the head coach. How late were they in the locker room? I thought, okay, maybe they got into him. You get up 10 and you think, okay, now we're going to put the game away. There's not that killer instinct. And to me, that starts at the at the top, and it works its way, and it permeates throughout your, your, your team. And, you know, to do this back-to-back years to, uh, to a head coach, that was virtually pretty much, if you did what you should have done to them, was going to get fired – it was either was probably going back to engineering school because the guy in Clemson who mentored him, he ain't great standing either. Like this guy was on the verge of being out of the coaching profession more than likely. And you saved his rear end because you can't beat a one in five team at home. And that's the thing that kills me. 
that that's the thing where I'm going to defend this fan base, where I'm going to come to the to the defense and say, I don't blame you if you don't show up. I don't blame you if you don't get invested because you you get invested, you get invested, you spend the money, you buy the tickets, you buy the gear to get that. Like Tar Heel fans deserve better than that. And I know I would have never thought I'd said about Tar Heel football because this is a program that's never won a national championship and hasn't won a conference title since 1980. It deserves better than you losing at home three straight years as 17 and a half point favorites or more. We deserve we deserve more than that. I'd like to think so. I, I mean, look, my thing my thing about it is is that if you're not willing to suffer through it, then you shouldn't be a fan anyways. Like this is just part of it. We've learned we've learned from the other teams that we root for. Like being a Mets fan is suffering. Be, being a Knicks fan is suffering. Being a New York Rangers fan for me is suffering. Like you just you, you just deal with it. Like it, it just is what it is. Like you you still go to the games, you still support your team, but at the same time, like, and we talk about this every year. Whenever it's really just whenever the two big teams lose. Everybody wants to get into the conversation of you need to back the team, you need to support the team, and everything like that. That's fine, and I I do, I do, I, I I truly do, and I'm on here and I'm talking about them, and I mean, look, I love this football team, but at the same time, man, it's it's okay to be angry, it's okay to be despondent about the fact that this team just cannot seem to get out of its own way. That's the thing that sucks. This is not a team that just can't get over the hump and can't beat, you know, the, can't can't win the big games. No, this is the team that finds a way to lose the nothing games to opponents that's that that suck. And we do it every year now. Like, dude, you're. I mean, I, I, what kind of program is this? What is this Habitat for Humanity? We're giving people their jobs. Like, this is unbelievable. Come on, man. And and I mean, look, you you say you said it's on the coaching. I get it. You have to place a lot of it on the coaching. And we'll get into the actual strategy of the game here in just a second. But like in terms of the motivation, I'm sorry, I can't put that on this coaching staff. I can't do it after the other night. Like we we spent a whole week talking about this. Mac Brown said on Monday, do not, but don't bite the poison cheese. And what does this team do? They go in there and they come out slow out of the gate. This is the same group of guys. The majority of these guys were on the team a year ago when they lost to Georgia Tech. And they come out with the same mentality. It's the same mentality. It doesn't change. And yet, all the coaches are talking about is, hey, be prepared for this. Then you go into the locker room. As you said, they keep them in there until there's two minutes to go. They don't even warm up. Nobody does. Not even the special teamers warm up. Who sucked, by the way. Outside of the kicking game. The special teams were horrible. And yet, they come out. They start the second half. And then once they get a lead, all of a sudden, it's back to the same thing. Like, I just don't get it, man. They can't get out of their own way. It's the mindset of these guys. I just, oh, my God, man. Come on. Why do we have to do this every year? 
It just does not, it doesn't make any sense to me, no matter how many times you run it back in your head, how this team lost this game. And yet we got to do this yet again this year. And I mean, look, we we've we we've talked about it. You know, it's not just the fact that the program is losing these games where they are heavy favorites. But now, I mean, since 1998, this program has played six games as a top 10 team, and they've lost the last five. Every time they get ranked near the top of the country, they crumble. It, it just, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, and, and, you know, we'll, we'll go through the game now and, and really start to break it down. And when you look back at this game, the opportunities were there. And Carolina just couldn't come away with it. I thought Mac Brown was spot on, spot on when he said that this game felt a lot like App State. I, I thought that was spot on because this felt like one of those games where you didn't expect to be in a battle. The team on the other side came to fight. They ran the hell out of the football. And yet you had the opportunities late in the game. Late in the game against App State, Carolina had the opportunity. Drake May drives them down the field. They miss the field goal, but they still won in double overtime. This game, you had the opportunities yet again. You had two drives late, and there were so many. I had so many issues with what happened late. I thought, one, on the first drive, I thought that they drive down. They get down the field, I mean, lightning quick. Uh, it, it was just, I mean, they had two great plays to get down the field. Um, and all of a sudden, they're inside of the 20. And Drake, just, I don't even know why. And and this one wasn't as bad. He had another one where he ran into a sack. This one wasn't that bad. But for some reason, the first two plays, clean pocket, throws down the field, no problem, big plays. They decide we're going to throw it again. Horrible decision, by the way. And we'll get into the game plan from Chip Lindsey, which just sucked, sucked ass. I mean, there's just no way around it. Um, then, but, the, but they choose to come out and run a rollout play, which made no sense. And he runs into, he, he basically runs into a sack because of the design of the play. And that kills all the momentum of the drive. Carolina didn't gain another yard on it. And they turn it over on fourth down. I just, I just, I don't get it. And then you get the ball back and so after a stop and somehow, I mean, th this one wasn't on Drake, the interception. You get a guy that just gets beat on a, on a, on a one-on-one -on -one blocking assignment. You get your quarterback gets hit as he throws and you, and you throw a pick. Yep. You had it and you give it away. I, I just. I yeah. I mean. You know, when you go back to the the, the first and the, the first down on the they were in I think it was in the red zone or yes, yeah, red it was zone. at the twenty of Virginia, yeah, yeah. Like here was my problem: we've 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 used the mobile pocket, we've used that a lot this year to kind of just throw those little extension run plays, is what they are, to your tight ends just to get a, a here. We didn't we didn't call that that play with with that type of design all night. Now, when the biggest drive of the game, you go to that. I just 
And, and then I don't get it. it you know, I, I I looked at you in the stadium, and something told me, you know, they should probably kick the field goal to make a one possession game a one possession game, because I was confident that they would get the ball back. Because well, somebody you know told that, me this morning that it would have tied the game. Guys, it, it, it wouldn't have tied the game. No, it, it would have been a one-point game. Yeah, so, it made a 31-30. And now yeah. if you do that, you get the stop. How different is that final drive? Because now you don't got to go the full length of the field. You maybe got to go with Noah Burnett, 40-some-odd yards, and you're in field goal range. And, I, honest and, honest know, question. Honest question. Do you think the reason they went for it there was because they 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 did not trust that their defense would get a stop against that run game? No, I mean there's I, oh I, mean, I oh I a hundred percent think that because they had shown you the whole night they couldn't do it. You know, Sparky Woods's math would have told him to to, to to tell them to go for it. And um and that's just that's just that's just football in 2023. If you're down, if you're down four. Less than four to go, you're going to go for it. Even though there are some times where if your gut tells you to kick it, you should probably kick the field goal, even though in theory making a one-possession game, one-possession game doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then the second drive, I mean, look, I think we all were pretty confident because we got Drake. He he did it in the App State game. Like like, like you referenced, that the, like, like Mac Brown said, this game was so much like – and. You know, it just, it just, it just wasn't meant to be. But you know, that was a direct reflection of, like, if if Carolina would have would have won the game, it would have been like the game you win in the tournament that you're not supposed to win, but you have to win to to make your run. Because Carolina didn't deserve to win the game. I thought the App State game. I thought they competed to a different level. Where, as much as it would have been hard to say App State was was just better that day. Then I'd have been Virginia was better than Carolina was in all facets the other night, and that's that's the biggest problem, is because especially this year, that should that should never be the case. This isn't Bronco Mendenhall Virginia. This isn't Bryce Perkins Virginia, a Virginia team that went to the ACC title game. We're talking about a two win football team right now that lost to a to. To a, to a FCS opponent or not, or, or to James Madison, who's now in the Power Five, like that should just never happen, and that's the biggest issue. That's why I know you and look, the players deserve some blame too, because some guys that we needed to play good the other night that we praised earlier in the week when we did our midseason awards, those guys were nowhere to be found. But when it's a mentality thing, and and this just comes back to our guys just can't get can't they can't. We can't make the game mean as much to us. We knew that game was going to mean more to Virginia, which means you got to coach them harder, which means you got to be in their butt more because you've got to push them to make them care. Because if Carolina would have cared, they would have won the game by three touchdowns. Well, I, I will say this listen to the Mac Brown press conference from the other night when I was driving in this morning. I, I mean, I got to be honest that he, he had a moment where he basically said, there are some guys in the locker room that care more than other guys. So this is one of those things where you can only, as a coach, you you can only push so hard. I mean, you can't make these guys care. We've had that conversation on the basketball side of things. Like, if, if the guys ultimately do not want to take the right mindset in the games, they're just, they're not going to. And I, I felt like that was honestly what we ran into the other night. I. I think, yet again, we had guys that thought 
coming in. Yeah, I know Coach Brown saying that it's not going to be easy, but man, that team's one and five. They almost lost to William and Mary the other the other week. But I mean, uh, again, guys, they had two weeks to prepare for you. Yep. They knew there there were they were going to throw different things at you, and yet you just you you thought it was going to be a cakewalk. And here's the thing: you could say, well, you guys thought it was going to be a cakewalk too. Yeah, because we're fans. We're yeah. allowed to feel like that. We're allowed to predict that, hey, this team is going to do – when you're on the team, you got to take every game like it's it's your last. Because guess what? What, you, what happened the other night – and I know you're still 17th in the country. What happened the other night, dude, you eliminated yourself out of college football playoff contention. Yes. That dream's gone. Like that was a legitimate dream, by the way. If they went out, for sure, they, I mean, they're making the playoff. Well, and, and like, like here's my thing, and, and I said this, I said this in my rant today on the Wesson Walker show. I never, I never asked to go undefeated. I never yeah. asked. To, I never asked to go to. I never asked to win the ACC. I never asked to make the playoff. All I ask you to do is to not lose these games, which I think is a reasonable ask as a Tar Heel football fan. Hey, For sure. Don't lose at home as a top 10 team to a one win to a one ten team with a generational talent at quarterback. And somehow it was it it was too much to ask last year because you lost at home to Georgia Tech. And now this year you lose you lose at home to Virginia. And it's 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 really it's really mind numbing. And it, it's it's literally inexplainable. There's no way you could you could look you could explain the game and make it make sense because Virginia doesn't have better coaches, they don't have better talent, they don't have better depth. They uh, they, they have nothing that is on the same level as you except mm-hmm. their heart. And I think as a fan, there's nothing more disheartening than watching your team not care. And if Mac Brown is willing to admit to the public we got some guys that care, and we got some guys that don't. There's got to be some reevaluation, man. Like, and if, if there are guys that don't care that are playing, that's a problem. Like, I know this is coach speak. I'd rather lose with 11 dudes on offense and 11 dudes on defense that I know give a crap, and it means something to them, than to play the 11 most talented guys on both sides of the ball and three of them might not it might not make a difference to them. I thought we got rid of that. I mean, I, I thought that's what you know when we got when Tony Grimes and Storm Duck and some of these dudes when they moved on. I thought we got rid of the care the, this carelessness factor. I thought that's why the defense had played better. But there was more buy-in because they just seemed to care more. They didn't care the other night. And if that's I mean, if if you're willing to admit that, then there needs to be some accountability held this week in practice. And guys need to lose their 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 playing time. Because that's unacceptable. It costs you a game, and it costs you a chance at the best regular season in program history. I mean, there need to be. You didn't, there's no lie. There needs to be hard conversations with guys. If that's true, if you really felt like that as as Coach Brown, you got to sit these guys down and you got to say, "Look, well, I mean, what are we doing here? How many times do I have to tell you guys? Like, you want to listen to me? You want to listen to me during the big weeks? You want to listen to me against the opponents that?" We know we're going to give us a fight. But the opponents that you think are just going to roll over to you, like, I I just, to me, how many times do we have to run into this? 
where we have games that we think we're just going to roll the ball out there and teams are just going to give in. Dude, that ain't Tario football, man. Honestly, how many teams in the country are is that? Like three. Like, because guess what? Not even one. Bama isn't even one of them anymore. Like, it, dude, you know how good you got to be to do that, to take that mindset into games? So, like, that's the thing that's maddening. Uh, a couple of comments here uh, from Jordan Falls, a uh, guy on uh, Twitter, also does uh, some great writing for Keeping It Heel, uh, chiming in. He says UVA's game plan was App State's game plan to the T. Uh, I think he's he's spot on with that one as well because you saw a commitment to the running game, which, by the way, when you talk about the struggles that Carolina had the other night, uh, a lot of it's coaching. We'll talk about Chip Lindsey here in just a second. But the other, the other part of it was just player execution. I thought defensively that was the biggest problem. A lot of people wanted to say that it was on Gene the other night. I really don't think it was. I thought the player execution the other night was horrendous, especially Mac Brown said in the, in, in the press conference after the game, the front seven at times was horrible. Now, I wouldn't say the front seven. I thought Cedric Gray and Power Eccles both played pretty damn well um, in the run game in, in terms of reading it. Um, I mean, damn, Cedric, uh, Cedric Gray, I almost called him Cedric Eccles. Uh, Cedric Gray... I mean, he had 18 total tackles in this game. You can't really ask much more from him. But I thought that defensive front, especially the interior of that defensive line that we had praised so much in the last two games, was just absolutely horrible. And they couldn't contain the edge either. I love Kamen Rucker, man. He's been playing his ass off. He's been rushing the hell out of the passer. Bo Atkinson did some good things getting after the quarterback at times the other night. These dudes... The one weakness that Carolina still has with their edge rushers is they cannot hold an edge in the run game to save their life at certain points, and it happened again the other night. Yeah, no, you're 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 not wrong. Um, I, if there's one thing I could critique about Gene, it was that maybe there could have been a little bit more pressure, and, and just to, to maybe throw them off a rhythm and maybe get the quarterback to make a mistake or two. I thought they just got the ball out quick. I really thought they just got the ball and They did such a great job of, of getting the ball out quick. Because here's the thing. Did, when did they hit a deep pass? Is there one that comes to mind? Maybe yeah, that there was late one in the fourth route. quarter on the crossing route. But here's the thing. That's when it. You know, when it's third and two, third and three, virtually every third down, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard to blitz. The <clears throat> the way that came in Rucker did not impact the game the other night was disappointing because I felt like he was virtually unblockable going into the game. That I felt like he could he he could single handedly win the game up front for Carolina. Well, that didn't fair, happen. To be fair, I will say this. When you're that good, they're going to start doubling you. Yeah, but here's the thing. If if you're that good, if you're if you're that guy, you you still impact the game. No, but that doesn't the, excuse I, Miles yeah, Murphy. Okay. Sure, but it's on the other guys to step well, up. Well, that's what, that's he can't what I'm be the trying only to get guy. to. I'm trying to get there. Like it doesn't excuse Miles Murphy getting getting moved around like he didn't belong on the football field. Did Travis nothing. Shaw, a guy that that I thought at certain times this year has made an impact, nowhere to be found. 
Bo Atkinson has made some big plays. Consistency is where he needs to really improve because the other night he was just more inconsistent. That was the thing, is that it was an inconsistent effort across the board, which hasn't happened this year. They've been able to overcome the games where Cayman Rucker's been held in check Mm -hmm. because of Kevin Hester Jr. or a Miles Murphy, a Travis Shaw, a Bo Atkinson. Those guys step up and make the plays when Carolina needed to them. That didn't happen the other night. And 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 this this defense, I mean, when it's when it's playing at its at its the way that it's designed, it's a team defense. It's it's you know, it's not just one or two guys, it's everybody doing their job. And when it does when they do do their job, you saw the results where you were giving up 22-ish points a game entering the year or entering the game. It's a healthy number. You don't do your job, all of a sudden you get exposed and you give up. 31 points. I, I thought Carolina's linebacking play was the only reason why they were in the game. Like you, like you take, you take away the impact that those two guys had. I, I mean, Virginia would still be scoring points right now. We'd still be in Keenan because they'd still, I mean, they'd still be walking up and down the field and the, the secondary, you know, it's kind of hard to be mad at them because the, the run, the game plan was so run heavy but you know there were when you feel like you needed them to make a play, and you even got a yeah. play on the interception. That's the thing. You get the interception. You get the fumble out of the back of the end zone, yep. and you still can't capitalize. You still can't make them pay, and that's the difference. Carrot, look, there, there are teams in the country that cannot capitalize and still win. Their names are Georgia, Ohio State, and Michigan. Virtually every other team in the country. When they get those types of turnovers, you've got to capitalize on them. You've got to, that's got to be the nail in the coffin. That didn't happen. And, um, and so, yeah, my frustration is nowhere near the level it is for Gene Chizik like it is with Chip Lindsey. Because I thought he was just compromised by a defensive line that looked like the defensive line we saw the last five years. Well, well there were there were a lot of things going against them. And, and again, Jordan Falls is watching on, on YouTube, and we appreciate that. He brings up, look, the defense was on the field for 37 minutes, and that hurt. That That is that is a, a, an outstanding point. No, oh, yeah. Um, and look, I mean, you got guys playing as many snaps as came in Rucker did. He played 86 the other night. That's what's going to happen when your defense is on the field for that long. And this is where, and now, now, now let's get into the offensive side of the ball. Oh, God. Because holy crap. I mean, Pathetic. I just, I, I can't even begin. You you talk about the defense being on the field for as long as it was. Well, there's a reason why it was on the field for as long as it was. The game plan from Carolina offensively just sucked. I mean, it was just horrible from the word go. And I knew it. I knew within the first couple of plays, I said, Oh boy, we're in for one of these types of games with our offensive coordinator. And I, I, I'm telling you, I almost got thrown out of the section for yelling about how much I wanted the team to run the ball. We, I mean, there were people legitimately mad at me for telling them to run the ball as much as I did because I could not believe that the game plan in this game, after you just ran for 197 yards with one running back, against a team that came in as the second-best run defense in the entire country. Your game plan coming into this game against a Virginia team that then was allowing 177 yards 
per game on the ground. Your strategy was to come out throwing the football. I I mean, what the hell are you thinking? And then not only was the game plan, let's come out and, and throw the football, but the game plan was, hey, even though it's not working, even though our quarterback may be having an off night, even if we have receivers dropping balls, we're not going to change the game plan no matter what. We may have the guy that leads the damn conference in rushing yards per game in the backfield, but for some reason, we're not going to run the ball. I, I mean, what in the world kind of game plan is that? What are you thinking, Chip? Seriously, man. Yeah, no, we we I mean, we literally in less than 48 hours after praising this man and thought we got rid of the Phil Longo's, you know, stigma of the way that we play offensive football in Chapel Hill. In 48 hours, it was all washed away. I I I don't understand. And look, the first half, like, look, you want to throw it? I mean, we were winning at halftime. It's hard to complain. Your running back had five rushes in the second half for 32 yards. In a game that you were up by double digits in. That's over seven yards a carry. That's not – look, I'm not a math major. That's that's effective. And you ran him – you ran him five times. And meanwhile, Drake had his first really off game of the the year. Kind of like the Georgia Tech game last year where he was just off. He was out of rhythm. They weren't in sync. And his touch on the ball, for the most part, wasn't there. And in your response, while watching that happen and play out in front of your eyes, is I'm going to throw the ball 48 times. And we're going to throw a third of them to the same wide receiver. And look, and that was my big – and look, not this, I'm not going to sit here and blame Tez Walker. And look, some of the drops that Carolina dealt with, you had to force feed him the ball. Who, who are you going to throw to? But you Nobody know, else could catch the ball. You know, there there were other, you know, these 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 defensives, uh, these, even Virginia's defense is too good. Like, when you start just throwing the ball to one dude, guess what? They're going to key in on that. The offense virtually turned into what we saw in 2021, which is we're going to throw the ball to Josh Downs. But if we, if we, but when we, whenever we run the ball, it's effective. But we're not going to run the ball because it's just not as fun to do. It's not as sexy to do. I, I don't know how much freedom Drake May has in terms of changing plays at the line of scrimmage. Oh, probably but, not. But much. It's you know, probably at not some much. point, and I mean, I, look, I, I know Mac took the blame, but Chip, dude, your MO is you want to run the ball. That's your MO. This offense is MO. It's ran its best when you've ran the ball first to set up the pass. And the thing was, was they could run it whenever they wanted to. It didn't yes. matter the down. It didn't matter the distance. It didn't matter the quarter. When they wanted to run the ball, Carolina ran the ball. But for some reason, this it's like they played from behind, word go. It's like the, the second they got behind, well, we got to throw it. No, you don't. You got to run it. And that's that. that's the maturity of this program and this coaching staff where they've got to realize you can't panic because when you panic and you 
you you basically threw your game plan out the window because I'm not going to believe that they went into the game wanting to throw the ball 48 times. But for whatever reason, when when we get down under Mac Brown, we 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 go to air ram, and we need to be and it needs to be ground ram. Run the damn ball. I like I I just to me. Like you said, it was when they got down. I, I noticed it from the start because, again, the first – I'm, I'm not even lying. The first 40 plays of this game should have been to run the ball until they told until they proved that they could stop it. <laughs> you could say that that's over the top. This, this team sucks at stopping the run. There's just no way around it. They weren't good the other night. Virginia, could, they could not stop you. And yet you did not run it. And yes, I get it. Even when, when you brought in British Brooks, it wasn't nearly as effective. Dude, Amari and Hampton doesn't care, man. You were when, when you were running off the edges, it was working. They could not stop you. You came out in the first drive of the second half and you ran the ball for 44 yards on five carries. That's 8.8 yards per carry. And yet you chose not to stick with that. You said, let's change the game plan altogether and just throw it the whole time. Like, dude, what the hell, man? Why Why do you think that's a sound strategy? Like, honestly, like I know Chip spoke today. I mean, if, if you could have a fan question, I would ask him, was this game plan for, for, for Carolina to win? Or was this game plan for Drake May to try to get himself in the Heisman race? Firmly, like I just, I just don't get it. And guess what? If that was the game plan, just like last year when Phil Longo tried to do that, you ruined his chances to win the Heisman. This could be what cost him his Heisman if it was there for him. Like, come on, man, seriously. And and the fact that it that it never clicked for the staff is what just just blows my mind. That offensive staff. Like, nobody realized, hey, we're running the ball incredibly well. Maybe we should stick with that. I mean, honestly, like, I mean, what what has to happen? Does Drake have to have to become Cade Klubnik and just start running his own plays? Like, I mean, my God, even he could probably see that you could run the ball more effectively. Like, you're right. I mean, he was off the other night. But, like, we've seen that before. We've seen that at the NFL level. We've seen it with the best quarterbacks in in football. If, they, if they're having an off night, what, what happens? The play caller changes things up and runs the ball to help his quarterback out. But, no, our plan was let's just eventually – this is what, what we thought with him and with Sam at times. We're just going to keep running – our offense that we have on paper here because we we have some game plan where we want to throw it the whole night. We're just going to keep throwing the ball and eventually they're, they're, they're going to settle in. No, don't do that. Use the running game to help your quarterback settle into the game. Like it's it's just and, – and you look at the numbers and, and, and uh, Greg – I think it was was it Greg Barnes or Greg Hall – um, from inside Carolina earlier today, put up a, a stat and, and said, look, we, we talked about how we wanted to see, you know, improvement from 
Phil Long from Phil Long, you know, the, he says here, arguably the biggest critique of Phil Longo has been his red zone touchdown struggles uh, at Carolina and Ole Miss. His Toriel offenses scored uh, red zone touchdowns at a 62.6% clip. This UNC squad has scored red zone touchdowns at a 58.8% clip. Mm. I, I mean, and that was that was a big part of the problem the other night. So, I mean, as as good as as you felt about where this offense was, I mean, I think it's an embodiment of this of how you feel about this entire team. I mean, now you 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 wonder what is the, what is the play calling going to look like the rest of the year? It's it's to me everything's back to square one, and you got to get back to what got you to where you were, which was was running the ball and putting your guys in the best the best position possible to be successful. And, and I thought that was the thing the other night. For the first time this year, Chip Lindsey failed Drake May. He failed Amarian Hampton. He failed Tez Walker. For the he most failed part, his defense, too, by the know, way. For the most part this year, he has put those guys in advantageous situations and we've seen them put their talent on display. And it's why Carolina was ranked 10th in the country. It's why their offense, despite the red zone numbers being what they were, was a much more efficient offense than it, than it had been under Phil Longo. And and and, and so, um, you know, you just got to get back to the drawing board, figure out what works, figure, figure out what doesn't, and, and get back to calling – I mean, I always like to yell kind of sarcastically, call the touchdown plays, but but call the plays that you know that are good plays. And by God, if we find ourselves in a tight situation on Saturday night and we're in the red zone, don't call a play you haven't called all night long. And and then that was the thing. It was it was like on both sides, they overthought everything. They overcomplicated the game. And that's that's one of Mac Brown's quotes. Is that football is a simple? It's a simple game, complicated by men. The other night, his coaching staff compli—they complicated the game. They made the game harder, and it came back. It came back to bite Carolina, and in one of the most you know gut wrenching you know defeats that we've seen. And the problem is, is that I mean, you and I have been in that stadium twice less than a year, and walked out of there puzzled after home losses to Georgia Tech and now to Virginia. We were also there for Florida State, where, where they were a 17-and-a-half-point favorite, too. Maybe it's yeah. us. And, and and But, like, even that one, like, you know, there's the thing where Mac can't beat Florida State. You know, we knew that Florida State team. I mean, that was a big number. But, like, these last two – and, like, and like that 21 team wasn't special. Man, that, that, that 21 team – Arguably the biggest disappointment uh, in the history of the program. The this one, these last two, I mean, you 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 and I have driven home after watching Carolina lose a national title game and weren't as despondent as we were the other night. I said this today on the air. I was afraid to go to bed because I thought I was gonna dream about the loss because of the way my brain works. That's I mean that we, we uh, 
that was one of the most silent car rides possibly ever. I mean, there was just nothing to say. Like, there's just, it's just, it's unbelievable. Like, you can't, you cannot fathom how this keeps happening to this program. And it's every time that you don't think that they can pick their moments worse, they always do. Like, again, it goes back to what we said at the start. If some of you guys weren't with us, like, nobody thought this would be the game. I, like, I mean, we we were talking with Wes Bryan, who, who hosts, you know, with Wes and Walker. He was in there with you the other day. Walker uh, was at a wedding. And, like, I come in there and he says, what would you guys do if you lost to Virginia? And I said, I was like, look, man, I, I th- there are two games on this schedule remaining that you cannot lose. Every other game. You could okay, whatever. It, it was an off night. Rebound from it. This was one of those games you you absolutely could not lose. And look, we can get into this discussion, and I think it's the perfect way to finish the show. Do I think the season is over? No, I don't think the season is over. But the thing now is, is that this puts immense pressure on this team that we don't know what their mental state is going to be. This is this is a, a loss that can rock you as a team. It can, I, especially coming off of the amount of success that you had against a top 25 team in Miami. This can be one that can turn things really quickly just based off of the shock of the moment, just like last year with Georgia Tech. I... Now you got all this pressure going into the game against, ironically, Georgia Tech this year. A team that not only did you, did you not beat them in 22, you, you didn't beat them the year before. You got ran off the field when you played them in 21. And now you have to find a way against that team to rally the troops and come out with a victory on the road. That's the other problem. You could have lost, if you would have lost Syracuse, if you would have lost to Miami, you had home games to follow that where it would allow you to be in your own bed, your fans behind you, to try to recover from it. Now you got to go on the road against a team that's owned you for the last two years. And find a way to win that game. So, like, in my mind, do I think that it's done and over with? No. Do I think Carolina could still have a really special season and and, and reach double-digit wins? Yes, it's possible with the team that we saw the first six games of the year. But at the same time, yeah, there's that, there's that thought. There's that thought in my mind of, is this team going seven and five? It's, I, it's possible. I mean, you know... I'm definitely the more critical of the two and the the one that's going to keep it a buck. I don't know how they recover from this. Um, They couldn't recover last year. You're you're going to a place on Saturday that you've you've only won in Bobby Dodd Stadium twice since Mac Brown left the first time. Um, And I know Georgia Tech has – yeah, they lost to Bowling Green. They've got one of the best quarterbacks in the conference. They're going to play hard. It's not going to be easy. And, look, I know 
I know Clemson isn't good. You you couldn't beat Virginia at home. Are you supposed to believe you can go into that environment and win? Uh, Duke, before Riley Leonard got hurt in the fourth quarter, was winning on the road in Tallahassee the other night before they just really ran out of gas because their quarterback got hurt. That game's not going to be easy in a couple weeks. They've got they've got the best front seven you might see all year long. And then you've got the NC State game at the end of the year where you have literally found ways, you invented ways to lose to them the last couple hand times you've gotten beaten by them. And, and, and so is the season over? In theory, no. But the type, <clears throat> the type of season you could have had, that is over. Because you can win out. I had, I had this, this argument with my father on the way home. You're not, you're not making the, the playoff, even if you went out. Because no team has ever had a loss, the type of loss that you're going to have and play for a championship. And in a 14 playoff, you, you, you shouldn't have the right to play for a championship when you lose to one in five Virginia. And, and so that's, that's what you've lost is what you've done is you've put yourself in a situation to say at the end of the year, what if the same thing happened in 96, when you lost to Virginia, everyone points to that 97 loss at home to to Florida state. That was Florida state number two in the country when Bowden had the Knowles, arguably the best program in the country. How are you going to complain about that? You look at well, that was how you got beat in that game. That, that's that's yeah. I mean, but beat. you got overpowered by a national championship program year in year out. You look at fifteen. We'll all admit you don't go eleven and one unless you lose to South Carolina the the first game. So you weren't even really saying what if because we all sat there and said that was a catalyst for the type of year you're going to have. And so that's that's what you've done is all the good faith that you have built up and you had earned. All that's gone, and there's really no way to recover that. I mean, it would be nice to win out. It'd be nice to maybe it'd be nice to win a conference championship. The problem is going to be is that if you do that with the way the playoff is shaken out, you'll be sitting there saying, "But if we didn't screw it up against Virginia, what 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 could have been?" Well, I, I gotta be I gotta be real honest. I don't care. I don't care. Even if I am sitting there saying that at the end of the year, that's only going to be like a fleeting thought that'll just be gone that quickly. Yeah. You'll still have an 11 win season for the first time since 97. You will have a conference championship for the first time since 1980 for your best starting quarterback in the history of your program. I, that, that would not, that would not be my mindset. And look, that's the thing. All that stuff is still there. You can still make the conference championship game because guess what? You had you you had a horrible loss to Virginia, and who knows? Maybe we're we're wrong, and Virginia this is this is the boost they needed, and now they start winning games. There are some teams at the bottom of the ACC that are just I, I mean that are not good at all, that are confusing, that leave you scratching your head. It, it's possible, and that's what you probably have to hope for. But, I mean, at the same time, like, I don't know. Like, to me, I, I just, I, I don't, I don't really care what happens in the, the what happened on Saturday if this team turns it around. I'm not going to sit there at the end of the year and lose my mind. Like, there was some guy that texted into the Mac and Bone show this morning. He said, I, I, I hope this team loses one more game. I hope they go 10 and 2. And it's like, no, but you, 
you can still like if if you win out and you make it to the ACC championship game, then I, I mean you're not going to be sitting at the ACC championship game saying to yourself, "Well, man, remember that game with Virginia?" Like, look, I get it, Louisville. Louisville, a lot of people think Louisville is this great football team. Guys, Louisville lost to, to Pittsburgh, who is not good at yeah, all either. It, it's, like, it's, it's going to be hard, though, to – it's going to be hard to project forward with, with, to, with them not losing when you lose at home to Virginia. Well, but, but, and, and you know what? That's a great point. I right, want to believe that the, team, that the team can go and turn it around and, and somehow reel this and be, and be 11 and 1. That would be great heading into the ACC championship. That, that, that would be phenomenal. But to me, at this point, and I mean, we said this, we, we said this heading into the game the other day. You have to take it one game at a time. You have to focus on each week's opponent. Because it, part of what happened the other day, you really wonder was this team looking ahead? Did they see one in five Virginia and say, well, well, we're going to win that game. We got, we, we're looking ahead to, I don't know, what were, what were you looking ahead to? Georgia Tech? Like, were you looking ahead to that game and saying, hey, we need, it, we need, it, we need to get back on track against them. We need to find a way to finally beat them. I, I'd like, I just, you, you, the mindset of this team, we're, we're going to find out about this team. Because here's my thing. I talk so much so much about the fact that you needed to learn from last year for Saturday's game. You didn't. Now, look, you you didn't use that as a learning opportunity. Now you've got a chance to use what happened to you last year as a learning opportunity. What did Mac Brown say so much in the offseason outside of going from good to great for this program? We need to learn how to finish the season. We didn't last year. We need to do it this year. Well, guess what? You just suffered the same type of loss again. You're in the same boat again. How do you respond? Because you got Georgia Tech now. We're going to find out. I think... and, And look, when people... Were people were responding to my tweet the other night after the game where I said that everything that you did in the first six games is gone. In terms of making the ACC championship game, it is not. That's true. In the standings, it's not. In terms of the momentum of the program, that's where I'm at. This game that they play on Saturday night is... I mean, an absolutely massive game. Because if they lose two in a row, how is this team regaining their footing? I, I just, to me, if that happens, I don't see a way that they they find their footing again. And that could lead us to the discussion of if this team finishes 7-5, and five, even if they finish 8-4 and four and go to a bowl game and lose, you're then sitting there having the conversation of what do you do with Mac Brown? You can't let this snowball. You can't. In years past, you've done it. It's time to show. We've talked about how different you guys are this year. Well, guess what? You may not have looked different the other night, but you can sure as hell look different on Saturday if you come out with a response on the road 
at Georgia Tech and find a way to win that game. And God forbid if you could do it by double digits like you were doing against all Power 5 opponents before the other night. That would be amazing. But just please find a way to win the game. That's all I'm asking. That's all I'm asking. Anything else? All right. Perfect way to wrap it up there, guys. We want to keep hearing your comments. Please let us know uh, in the comment section. Really appreciate everybody. Uh, Jordan Falls, we see you, Greg, Norman as well. Uh, we talked about that earlier. Make sure, Greg, if uh, you weren't in there, you go back and uh, and, and check that out. Uh, we did talk about them going for the fourth and 12 instead of kicking the field goal. Um, yeah, there, there's just there's so much to talk through, guys. And uh, we hope we did a great job of, of venting and, and, and uh, giving you guys, you know, sort of a little bit of, our opinion on what we thought of the other night, giving you a space to air your opinion out uh, from the other night. Uh, so we appreciate everybody uh, that tuned in here tonight. Uh, make sure that you guys are uh, keeping an eye out. We'll be back, of course, uh, later on this week, either Thursday or Friday, to preview the game against the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Meanwhile, on the website, you guys can check out the recap from this game. We'll have the stock report that will be going up here uh, sometime in uh, the midweek here, either tomorrow or Wednesday, uh, to tell you who's trending up, who's trending down, heading towards that matchup with uh, Georgia Tech. Uh, and then uh, we will keep you guys covered, of course, with anything that's going on on the recruiting side of things for Carolina. If you didn't see it at the end of last week, Carolina uh, did find out that their final target in the 2024 recruiting class, as of right now, there could be one that jumps on, uh, here at the end, but their uh, only current target in the class that is uncommitted uh, in Leroy Jackson, the three-star defensive lineman. He is going to announce his commitment on November 4th uh, at 12 p.m. So we have an article up there about that. Find out uh, where Don Callahan of Inside Carolina thinks that the Tar Heels stand uh, with that. He did tell uh, that to Grant Hughes of 24-7 Sports in an article recently. So make sure you go back, check all that stuff out on the website. Uh, meanwhile, on the basketball side of things, Josh uh, is going to be getting you ready here for the start of basketball season, Carolina basketball right around the corner, uh, just a couple of weeks away now. And, uh, you know, we, we are definitely excited. Uh, Carolina just won their secret scrimmage the other day, 79 to 63, apparently, uh, RJ Davis looked quote badass in the game. Uh, that was uh, a quote that was given to Eric Bossy of 24 seven sports uh, the other day, but uh, man, the Tar Heels, a lot of excitement around this basketball program, a lot of uh, different guys uh, that, that are in the, in the program. And uh, you can see that there's a culture change around it already. And hopefully that will pay off with some big wins. Joshua, have you covered all season long, on the website, and of course, me and him will have you covered on the podcast side of things, Four Corners Podcast. Uh, it'll be uh, some live editions here on the uh, Facebook and YouTube pages, as well as his personal Twitter page. And then, uh, of course, you can listen to every edition of the podcast wherever you listen to these podcasts if you are a listener. So that wraps it up for this edition of the podcast. Once again, want to thank Josh for hosting with me. Want to thank you guys for watching and listening. And as always, go Tarians.